Hey everybody, yes, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Get it right. Chris, how's it going Get it today? right, yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome back. This is the Paid Search Podcast. It's really You think we would you lose like subscribers if we talk like that? No, no way. No way. We'd, We'd still get subscribers if we acted like that. Yeah, <laughs> it would. That's what the algorithm wants. But what I, I want to know, Chris, is is how are you? Uh, last week we were both doing great. How are you doing? Uh, this greater, week? even greater. Same. I'm doing. I'm doing so good mm-hmm. right now, and I just wanted to yep. keep going, but it's it, going. Yep. So the weather's very sun's out. It. Winter is over. Summer's here. You know, and we need another uh, theme for this summer, Jason. I think uh, the theme for this summer is uh short shorts summer that's what that's what i'm that's what i'm wearing now uh extremely short i mean we might get kicked from youtube if if i showed my legs i mean it's extremely short so wow (laughs) i'm gonna take starting the show back over right now (laughs) and you just speak when spoken to yes sir okay well hey everybody we are doing uh one of our famous Q and A's today uh, for everybody that's new out there. Uh, PaidSearchPodcast.com. One of your menu options there is ask us a question. Fill out the form, send in your question, and then we try to answer them here on these Q and A episodes. We do one about every six to eight weeks or something like that. They're probably the most popular thing we do, and we've looked at today's questions and. There's a lot we're going to get through, so we're going to get started here pretty yep. soon. But this is going to be our best Guaranteed. Q&A we've ever done. That's it. We never really tried on the ones before. We're really going to try this time. It's going to be great. You guys are going to like it. Hey, Chris, I need you to go off camera for a second. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. Take a All walk right. around your room, compose yourself, and whatever you're doing, stop doing it and get into show mode here. It's a small room. I'm back. Okay. Good to go? Yeah. Okay. So, Chris, why don't you uh, tell us about Optio here, and then we will get into Dave's question from northern New Jersey. We are here because Optio allows us to broadcast this wonderful information to you. And if you enjoy our content, we want you to go try Optio. That's that is our one message for you today. We want you to try out this wonderful tool. You say, well, Chris, you know, I can still listen to your show without trying out the tool. Let me tell you what you're missing. Let me tell you what you're missing. What you're missing is the number one Google Ads management software ever. It's made for Google Ads. That's what it's made for. It's made for people like you. If you listen to a show like this, you want to get better. This tool is designed for you to get better faster. So let me give you one example. On my screen right now, I'm looking at one of my uh, accounts, and I can, in a glance, see some of the best segments in my account. I can click on this button right in Optio, and it tells me, hey, what's your best geographic location, and what's the profit from that? Uh, What's the best device? What's the best demographics, as in gender and age, and uh, what's the best hour of the day? And then on the other side, it shows me what's the worst. What's your worst match type? What's your worst keywords? What's your worst ad group? And it shows me a layout. And at a glance, I can see things that might be concerning that I need to look at. Nowhere else does deep analytical information in a heads-up display exist. It doesn't exist, guys, except at Optio. You can try out this wonderful tool for free for eight weeks. That's two months at optio.com slash PSP. You only get that eight-week deal at that special URL. So let me tell you again, that's opteo.com slash PSP. Okay, great, Chris. Thanks so much. And uh, Chris, I just got to say, I think this is episode 308. The other day I was looking at our podcast. I was like, man, we're into the 300s now. We are. And with no end in sight. So we're just going to keep going and going and going and going. And it's such a pleasure and an honor to be your partner here on this show. So I just wanted to tell you that. So why don't you uh, get us started here with a question from Dave from Northern New Jersey. And if you know about Jersey, you know that Northern New Jersey is different than Southern New Jersey. Sometimes people from Northern New Jersey come down to the shore during the summer months. And uh, I love New Jersey. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I have no experience. Okay. So here we go. Dave from Northern New Jersey. Uh, he says, hi, Chris and Jason. Thank you 
guys for the amazing job you do of sharing your tremendous Google Ads experience while keeping the show fun. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm the sole proprietor of a side business that has been using Google Ads for one service product since uh, 2021. I found ads to be good but expensive uh, as a source of sales for my service. Then Dave goes through all kinds of details on what he's done. Summarization is essentially this. He's he's limited things. He's limited device types. He's limited days of the week. He's limited uh, hours of the day, you know, and he's trying to to bring only the most impactful times and types of traffic that he's getting. And then he says, where do I go from here? You know, I'm running out of ideas. I'm running out of things to to do. And he gives us, Jason, mm. multiple choice. Ooh. Dave's not going to like my answer. Oh, do you have one before I even read the multiple choice? Yeah, because just, um, you know, you didn't give me any details on his question. I'm totally kidding, Chris. <laughs> That's an inside joke. I'm totally kidding. So just to to share some, like how granular he's getting, he's talking about bid adjustments on multiple days. Um, he's talking about desktop versus mobile and all that kind of stuff. And given the 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 kinds of details he's giving us, Chris, it sounds like he's done a lot of, quote unquote, optimizing to his traffic. Yeah. And you're not going to like my answer, Dave, but how about you crack it back open? How about you understand that this is 2022, mm. that good, the yeah. stuff we used to do in Google ads where we got super granular doesn't work as well because it's not as good of a flow with Google system these days. And I would open things way open take off all these adjustments like especially the days of the week ones when you're talking about three mm -hmm. days a week what's different on that third day i get maybe saturday or sundays are different than monday through friday but how the hell is a friday different than a thursday mm. i'm just saying now, okay. uh, now i'm just being a little facetious with dave here but my my general point is we're going to go through some specifics like very you know detailed things you could do inside your google ads account but at the end of the day chris we were talking about this with some other questions Google ads is a different beast than it was a few years ago and going wider and giving the system more flexibility and then doing some minor adjustments that actually, I should say few adjustments that have major impacts. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the name of the game these days. So I'm just throwing that out there as an idea to try things. Doesn't mean you have to mess with all this stuff you've done in your campaign. You can set up an experiment. You can set up a different campaign to run on different days and just try stuff out. Um, I, I want to. I wanted to throw that out there. How does that sit with you, Chris? I, when you I, were already in a detailed, different settings, you could do changes m mindset. I I like that. Um, I actually I won't go through the whole list, but I was leaning towards his uh, E multiple choice one, which was expand to additional keywords. That's what yeah. he was suggesting. And to add on, I would say, and tell me if you agree with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your idea, but I'm gonna suggest keeping Dave the work that you've done in your current campaign and then on top of that try something completely uncomfortable try something like a broad pure keyword broad keyword campaign, campaign. Yeah. or a performance max campaign might be really interesting yeah. to layer on on top of there try something you're uncomfortable with because I think Jason you're exactly right it sounds like Dave has pigeonholed himself so small imagine Dave, your market changes a little bit. Imagine a competitor comes in and throws a monkey wrench and everything. Your whole system's going to fall apart. You need a little bit of maneuverability in this. So that's, I, I think, Jason, you're, you're right on the right on the point there. I, I think that is a good place to go. Yeah, and I think my, my final point to Dave is, uh, I'll go through some of these options here. Go, go to enhance CPC from automated bids. That's, a, that's actually quite a big change. Um, so you'd have to look at that. But you know, talk about adding a different word on the landing page and stuff like that. My point is that stuff's not going to move the needle. Yeah. Um, because if you go from automated to enhanced CPC, you're still going to be bidding the same kind of relatively the same bidding level. Our point is with the way Google ads is these days, you actually could be surprised at how good some wide open things, some weird things could mm -hmm. could perform. So my, my point is two points. Number one, try some weird stuff, try some very open stuff and it may work, but you may actually, it may not work great, but you could find gems in there and get some ideas, but you don't have to do it to your campaign is my second point. You can do it to an experiment. You can do it to uh, a second campaign. So I just wanted to throw I, that out there. I just want to like, I just felt like a throwback to, to years ago, you know, try it out, try yeah. it out. Just try it out. Try it out.
used to used to yell that all the time. Um, all right. So uh, next question, Jason. What was the name on this? What? It was a question from Pennsylvania. That's what it is. Uh, a, 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 a person from Gen- Pennsylvania emailed us. And here we go with a question. Hey, guys, as someone working in B2C lead generation uh, and relatively new to Google Ads, I'm interested to hear your expert opinions on using the 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 dynamic location insertion uh, for responsive search ads. Uh, if you haven't heard us talk about that we have a couple we have episodes about that about a month ago or a couple weeks ago so go back and listen to that you'll hear more about it but on to the question i thought this would be an interesting question to expand upon your theory for responsive search ads uh part two of your episodes and they could act as a pseudo geo targeting system but i'm left wondering if that's giving too much control should i give up that much control Interested to hear your thoughts as my company is currently chasing volume with max conversions on around 85% of our ad groups. And I'm tempted to test this uh, among some other uh, non-dynamic responsive search ads. Thanks for the great tips and advice every week as it has become an irreplaceable system in my Google Ads learning journey. So the question is, if we like the location... Um... he's The question is, is the dynamic location insertion in ad copy enough to just say, you know what, I'm not going to do some kind of really targeted geographic targeting ad group campaign kind of system. I'm just going to stick a couple of these dynamic city insertion, geographic insertion. Yeah, the not not dynamic keyword, dynamic gin- geographic. Dynamic geo in the ad copy. Is it is it safe enough for me to go ahead and just skip that whole build out and go straight to it. What do you think? Um, I like geo keywords a lot mm. and it's not that hard to add geo keywords. It's very hard to add. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, but what he's implying is, is do you like it enough to restructure your campaign, restructure your ad group in such a way that, you know, you have city A with city A ad copy and city B with city A B ad copy. Like, what did we just talk about, Chris? I, let me look at the date on my phone because I need to know, honestly, if it's 2018 or if it's 2022. <laughs> oh, wait a second. It's still 2022. What are the, yep. what are, what's going on out there, Chris? I know. Why do I people know. think they you. still have control? Ha- haven't they ever been married? You don't have control over your life. Oh, you wow. have a boss that controls. Yeah. It's back to Google. I love her so much, Chris. And today (laughs) she cooked me pancakes and eggs for breakfast. And she said something that like I slightly disagreed with at breakfast or something. But you know what I said? I said, no, that sounds good, babe. And then I was like, and then she was happy. Because you have pancakes and eggs in front because she cooked. Yeah. And I was like, why why did we ever, what what have we ever argued about? She's always right. And, And life is good. So yeah, just like in, uh, in my, uh, home life, you know, I've got a boss in Google Ads, you've got a boss, yeah. and the boss does not like very specific ad groups anymore. It no. does not like uh, you thinking you can control the system. And honestly, the boss doesn't care. Yeah. Um, the boss doesn't care if you do that because they're just going to do what they do. And if you have a nice little ad group that says uh, uh, whatever keywords plus the word Pittsburgh, and then you have the word Pittsburgh in your ad copy, and then there's a suburb of Pittsburgh, so you do another ad group that says this suburb and that ad group. Good luck. Go look at your ad groups um, and see what happens. So my answer is yes. I think the location dynamic insertion thing is awesome because then you can stuff those Pittsburgh and suburb keywords into the same ad group. Yep. Calm down every agency person out there. At (laughs) least at the beginning. At least at the beginning. Um, and, and see what kind of traffic comes in and you can get creative with your ad copy. It's okay to be creative. Guess what? There's a lot of space in the responsive search ads that are, by the way, really hard to fill up. So you can say serving the greater Pittsburgh area, including, and then you can name the big suburb, the big suburbs. And then if part of your ad, one of the headlines, and it's, by the way, has anybody ever done, I mean, you've got 15 headlines or whatever, 12 or 15 you can't do the location insertion on all of them. Yeah. So it's not like it's going to show up every time. You can't guarantee it's always going to show the location on every yeah. single headline. Yeah. So in- instead of focusing on the control, I would give up the control at the beginning, but focus on the default. The default that you put in the location insertion thing is super important. Yeah. Because the default might be showing up a lot. 
What do you think about all that, Chris? Am I coming in too strong or no. am I coming in like someone who's learned how to master Google ads over and over and over, including in the current era where there's a lot more stuff that's out of our control? I want people to hear what you're saying now and know where you're coming from, Jason. If you, if they listen to you know episodes uh, zero through 100, uh, you know even 100 through 200, they're going to hear a different tone. They're going to hear a lot about control and precision. But Jason is a man who wants control and precision uh, in, in his Google Ads campaigns, but he's saying this because he's learned that you have to go with the flow on some of these things. Yeah, you so have to. That's what, that's what we talked about with our previous question. That's what we're talking about now. So we like control. We like precision. We like quality. But sometimes, you know, what this question was here, you're going to work your way backwards. You're going to de optimize, de optimize your, 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 your account if you move to controlling. Too granular, stuff. too quickly. Granular, yeah. there, there's a there's room to set up very specific ad groups. There's room to set up very specific campaigns in Google Ads, but it's not early on. That's not the time to do it. Um, and I and I could go into some details that would shock you about the kind of results I've seen when I've simplified my ad groups recently. Shock mm. me. Yeah, uh, but I'm not I agree. going to. But I agree. the point is, I believe firmly that you got to make things as simple as possible, and. Little ad groups for little suburbs is not as simple as possible, even though that's what we were doing 18 months ago. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump over to Chicago. We have Rachel from Chicago. Hi, Chris and Jason. Big fan of the show. I'm not sure if you've discussed this before on the podcast. I was wondering if you could discuss Google Ads grants and how to best manage them and spend the full $10,000 allotted each month. She goes through a few things and you know, she she said the biggest challenge is getting the full budget spend without hitting the uh, requirements that are, you know, all part of running a Google Grants campaign. And uh, essentially, you know, for those of you that maybe, uh, you know, are having trouble with Google Grants, you know, there's many Google Grants, there's a whole lot of Google Grants out there. And you know, they have changed over the years. We had a dedicated episode probably a couple of years ago uh, about Google Grants where we talked about them. And since then, they've changed. Uh, so I think, Jason, uh, if you agree, we can just hit on a few things that are requirements. Just, you know, if, if you're not in the Google Grants industry or you think you might want to manage campaigns in the Google Grants in industry or you might want to apply for a Google Grant and you never heard of it. Here's what running a Google Ads grant campaign looks like. And here's, you know, what's required. Number one, no single keyword permitted. No single word keywords. No single, thank you. No single word keyword. That's the very first requirement that they have. I mean, immediately the tone of what's required versus the freedom that you have on a paid campaign is very different. And this is the first of many requirements. Yeah, so if you run some kind of clothing donation box in a city, you can't say donations, I guess, yeah. is no single word. Or um, boots. If you sell boots, yeah. you can't just have the word boots. No overly generic keywords permitted. I don't know what what defines that. Um, I don't even know. I don't do a lot of Google Grant stuff, so I don't know if they put a status in your account or something like that, or they just don't give volume to those what they're calling generic keywords. That's the second one. I, b I believe what happens is you, you could do it. You can put it in there. There's no like restrictive system, but I think what will happen is you'll get hit by the policy police. Your account will, will become in violation of that and then it'll just shut off and you'll lose your Google grant. So, Oh, you know, the overall account, not just the keyword. You think? I believe so. I believe wow. it, once you start hitting these, you know, there'll be, there's a Google police that will come along and then up oh, this one eh, out, you know? It's so honestly, if I'm giving advice to people running Google grants, just knowing what I know about Google ads and the limitations, which are limitations, I would not be thinking about how to work around them or how to best deal with them. I would be thinking about making sure you don't do them and you stay on top of your account and make sure it's always in good policy situations with uh, Google yeah. because then you can get whatever free money you can get, free ad spend that you can get, which is better than none. So you want to keep that going. Yeah. Number two, no overly generic. Oh, yeah. We just talked about generic. Number three. No overly generic keywords permitted. Yeah. Overly generic, right? That's a very, that's a, that's a that's a kind of difficult to define that, but that's another one. Another one: no keywords with a quality score of one or two. Can I give some advice here, Chris? Go for it. Obviously, one of the 
factors of quality score is relevant ads and relevant landing pages. So if there's a keyword that's super important to you that has a quality score of one or two, do the things you can control, put it off in its own ad group with ad copy that matches it exactly, and then send it to a page uh, or make a page that matches it exactly or very, very close. Do what you can control. But if you're still at a quality score of one or two, don't be surprised by that because my take on quality score, this is not in the documentation anymore, but my take is that it's not only the way your click-through rate has been in your account, but it's click-through rates for that industry and that yeah. keyword. That's it my is. take. Yeah, um, I agree. That's what it used to say in the in the help docs as I understand it. So my point is, if you've done everything you can do, ads and landing pages, and you still have a one or two, and Chris, like you're saying, your account could be in trouble if that's the case where you are in violation of these policies. I'd pause the keyword or terminate it instead mm -hmm. of trying over and over to run different ads that get better click-through rates. Because at a certain point, I think it's kind of out of your control. And if it's going to put your account at risk, just uh, remove the keyword. Yeah. Next one. And this one, honestly, I think is probably one of the hardest ones of all. Yeah. yeah. Must maintain a 5% click-through rate each month. And let me, let me say why this is hard. The reason this is hard is because if you're in the donation, if you're trying to get donations, good luck getting your ad to show up high enough and, and unique enough and relevant enough on some of these very generic types of donation terms that you can even achieve a 5% click-through rate. You know, some of my accounts do wonderful with a 2%, 3% click-through rate. You know, I, I can't ever get them to a 3% or 5% or higher because we struggle with being different than any other uh, you know, ad out there. It doesn't really stand out. We can't offer anything. And Chris, um, I just looked up the documentation. You have the automated bids. Can I think they can be kind of whatever, and Google sets those. But the manual bid limit, it looks like it's still $2, despite yeah. the inflation that's gone yeah. on since they sent the $2 limit. You're still down at $2. So if you're doing it manually, which probably wouldn't recommend in Google no, grants, but if you're doing not. it manually, you're limited at $2 means you're probably going to show up very low on a lot of searches, a yeah. lot of different industries. So and CTR is going to suffer. Your CTR is going to be really, really low and may not get above that 5% threshold. Yeah. I mean, a lot of disadvantages. There's a few more here. Must have a valid conversion tracking. Uh, must have two ads per ad group. Must have at least three, uh, two ad groups per campaign. Must have at least two site links. And well, specifically unique to grants, you must respond to the program survey. So you must give them feedback and, you know, respond to them. I mean, this is a lot. Well, they are giving you what up to $10,000 up to 10,000 in in-kind spend. It can be, it, I think, I think there's higher ones that go up to 30 yeah. and maybe yeah, even higher. Those, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, so the 10 is the lower end. They're asking a lot, but they're potentially giving a lot. And I just like our job with regular Google ads accounts is to optimize for the goal of the client Mm -hmm. The job in Google Grants is to basically, number one, stay within these policies yeah. and optimize for these policies so you can keep it going. And then number two, I guess with automated bids or conversions or something, try to figure out a way to to get some volume. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good, uh, good question, Rachel. And uh, we have one more before we jump into the break, Jason. Uh, actually, this is from, from Rachel as well. It's not every time we give everybody two questions, but Rachel... You're special. We got two questions. So another one says, can you both discuss dynamic keywords a bit more? Have you found that they have any impact on the performance of the ads? Are there any clear benefits to using them or are they just more of a hassle that causes grammatical issues? Is there any best practices such as limiting them to just the headlines or just the descriptions? And to be clear, what she's asking about is the dynamic keyword insertion in the ad copy, which is the DKI ads, which you can use to automatically insert your keyword into the headline, into the description by using a little uh, piece of code that you add into the ad. DKI, ID, IDK. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I don't use these. Because I like to make firm opinions and not wiffle waffle around, I'm going to say I don't like them. And I well, do you almost, no, I don't use them. Yeah, I don't use them either. Because I because I, I don't like the unknown of like, well, here's why I don't use them. Number one is I just like control. 
Um, mm. And I don't get control yep. in my home life, as we talked about, Chris. So <laughs> I got to control the few things I can control in life. And my freaking Google Ads copy is one of the last <laughs> things on earth that I can control in life for Google Ads. So I'm controlling that while I can. You got it. You got it. And the second thing is because kind of the theme of the show so far has been that it's 2022 and Google Ads is a different system than it was in 2018. And open, not open ad groups, but ad groups with a lot of different keywords is kind of something I've been doing a lot lately because that's what works with the system. So because of that, I don't want someone doing a search that triggers one of the keywords to show up in the ad and the ad just doesn't make sense because I've when I was setting up dynamic keyword insertion, I thought about my core keywords and I was like, okay, if they show up here in this ad copy, that's going to make sense. But what if something totally doesn't make sense and then we don't get the click because ad copy doesn't make sense for that weird, not often search for keyword, but actually produces a high conversion when we do get it. I don't want to have to think about that stuff. There's already so much going on in Google ads that you have to account for. Just make some ad copy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my take, but I know a lot of people use it. So maybe the joke's on me. Maybe I'm missing out. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's that great of a party. You know, it's loud. There's a lot of cars parked outside, but once you go in, it's not. Some of the people think they're really cool. Yeah. Who do it's this? Like, yeah. It's a lot of the people you wouldn't hang out with anyway. So yeah, yeah. not a party I want to be a part of. Um, and with that, Jason, let's have our own little party and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back. I want to remind you guys to please check out Optio. The link is in the description of whatever you are watching or listening to this on. Optio.com slash PSP for the smart Google Ads Manager's tool to success. You want to get more done in Google Ads. You want to be able to accomplish things that you know you didn't think of. You, you want that person looking over your shoulder and saying, hey, did you, did you notice that? Did you? And you're, you're, you'll think, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, thanks for being there, Optio. Optio is your friend. And I'm telling you, I I use it um, uh, every day on my accounts. And I've been using, I've been trying to use it more and more because, hey, it's a bit of an ego thing to have to say, you know what? I need help. But say it with me. I need help, Optio. Please help me. Optio.com slash PSP. Okay, great, Chris. Uh, I, I really like this question coming up from Ben from... Saratoga Springs. Chris, I got this one. I I, uh, I put in some notes earlier, so okay, I will go it. ahead and take this. But Ben writes in from Saratoga Springs, Utah. Hey, guys, big fan of your podcast. I'm sure you've talked about this before, but I wonder what your strategy is when it comes to adding and excluding search terms when you're reviewing the search terms report. Is your goal... I re, we, ben, we were talking before the show. We really like this question here. It is, is a good question. Is your goal to ensure... The search term matches the keyword that it came from. I'm going to add in here that under, I think it's the attributes section of columns, you can add in on the search terms report, the keyword that brought in the search term. So Ben says, is it your goal to ensure the search term matches the keyword when reviewing the search terms, meaning the keyword that brought it in? I feel like that's a simple question, but see people doing different things. Thoughts on this will be much appreciated. Thanks. So Chris, when you review the search terms report, and again, it's the theme of today's show here in 2022. Uh, number one, let me ask you, do you look, do you add that keyword column in? And if you do, is your goal to try to make sure that the search term matches the keyword column? Oh. So do you do you add the keyword column? Yes, absolutely. I suggest adding the keyword column. Absolutely. In every one of my accounts, I make sure I have that. And then to answer the Ben's question, no. My ultimate goal is to not necessarily make sure that the search term exactly matches the keyword in no way. Even if every single word in the search term is subtly different from the resulting keyword that it came from, I'm still okay with it. That's how far I would go. Okay. Uh, I'm the same way. I don't care what keyword brought it in. Mm -hmm. I care about the quality of the search term. 
And if it's a good search term, I'll figure out where to add it in my account. And if it's a bad search term, I'll figure out not just what the search, I'll, I'll figure out, I'll block the search term, but not just think, I won't just think about blocking the search term that was bad. I'll think about blocking the reason it was bad, the core yeah. issue. Um, yeah. What If there was some word in that search term that I know I'll never want to show up on any search that includes that word, I'll add that word, not just the overall search term as a negative. But Chris, um, my reason for this is because it's 2022 and I've just seen so many situations where searches come in, most of them good, but a few of them bad. From keywords, these search terms come in and they're not the keyword that I was trying to show up on, but they're still relevant to the ad group's ad and to the landing page that the ad group goes to. I can't control everything these days, so I'm just happy with that. And that's why I'm not trying to force it to come in from the exact right keyword, which means making a ton of different ad groups. What's your reason for not yeah, caring I, about the I keyword? absolutely agree. Okay. Um, I, and I want to be as precise as I, as I can, cause it's a great question, Ben. And there's a lot of, you know, probably a lot of confusion I've realized since reading the question about exactly, you know, what those search terms sh relationship to the keyword should be. And in reality, I think Jason, you probably agree with me. It is not the relationship to the keyword that I'm concerned about. It's the relationship to the ad group and the ad copy that I'm concerned with. So I And the landing page. And the landing page. I'm more concerned with skipping the keyword that it came through on and considering does the ad copy match to the search term? Does the search term provide a linear path from the ad copy they saw to the landing page that they saw? And if oh, those are getting not getting rusty here, Chris. Linear path from the thought they had in their head. Oh. To the search term they typed into Google okay. to the ad they saw to the landing page they're taking to. Okay. That's true. It's been a while true. since because we talked about that, but I love emphasizing that it comes from their head first. Because you can read head. that search term and understand at what level of the funnel they're their in. Intent. Their intent. Because you can, you can read how do I and immediately, oh, okay, they're on a different level than someone who says hire a you know, or someone near me, you know, that, that's kind of a certain, that's a different level of the funnel. So yeah, you're right. Thought in their head related to the ad copy and the landing page. And I agree with you. As long as the thought in their head and the ad and the landing page all match the search term that they put and all that, the ad and the um, landing page are associated with that keyword, which is whatever the keyword is, as long as all that stuff lines up to the search term, great, you're fine. The one thing that um, we need to keep in mind, Chris, because we're not absolutists, we're flexible and we change with the system and we change with things. So we're open to focusing on the keyword, even though we said we usually don't. I think the one thing we need to keep in mind is that keyword is associated with the bid. And even if the landing page and the ad all line up to the search term, if the search term isn't necessarily worth what you're bidding for for that keyword, mm, maybe it's okay. worth a lot more and it okay. should be associated with another keyword. Maybe it's worth a lot less and should be associated with other keywords. That's when you have an issue. So uh, an example of this would be like a brand search, Chris. Brand search could come in as a search term from a regular non-brand keyword. Yeah. But you, and, and the brand search will be fine with the ad. The brand search will be fine with the landing page. But there may be a reason you want to be bidding a different amount for brand than you are for um, your regular keyword, or there may be a reason you want to see your brand data all cleanly together in a different ad group or a different campaign. That's one example when you would focus on the, the keyword that brings it in. Does the bid from that keyword match that search term? Most of the time it will if the ad and the landing page match it, but um, sometimes it won't. And another example, let's say uh, the keyword is car mechanic and the search term is car mechanic for Toyota and your particular car shop is focused on foreign vehicles. You know, it could be car mechanic for VW or something like that. Immediately that search is more valuable than the keyword that it came, it came in on. I, you know, does that define a bit about what you were talking about, Jason, about, you know, a, a, a search term actually being at a higher well, level. I'm not sure value. What, where you're going. I'm not, you're, you're definitely not a car guy. We've talked about that in the past with what you okay, choose yeah, to drive around true, every day I, and the I amount know, of mileage on it. 
<laughs> we're talking oh, well over six figures, people. Um, but I, I will take your strong attempt at a I, metaphor a, and uh, I will clean it up here. Let's say okay. your keyword is car mechanic. And let's say at your car mechanic shop, uh, when people bring in Toyotas, that's the most profitable line of business for you because you have a relationship with Toyota and you have all the equipment and you can get to- stuff done. Let's, no, 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 no. Let's say it right. Toyota. Okay. Toyota. Yeah, thank you. Okay, sure. Um, so let's say that's your bread and butter and you like doing that because you have the parts uh, in stock. And because of that, you can charge people more because you can get it done for them same day or whatever. So it's very profitable for you. And the keyword is car mechanic, but the search term comes in as car mechanic for Toyota, Toyota Camry or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you pay your $10 bid because your keyword is car mechanic. But you would actually be willing to pay a $20 bid to show up higher on the Toyota-related searches. Okay, okay. And I see what you're And are more profitable. Yeah, so then you can have an ad group for Toyota, and then you can add Toyota as a negative keyword to the ad group for car mechanic. Ooh. Or put Toyota in its own campaign. Because I it's worth more to you, and you want to force it to... I wouldn't put it as a negative. I wouldn't put it as a negative. You You would put... Would you put car mechanic Toyota in a different ad group so you can put a different bid on it? Um, yes. Keep, keep walking into quicksand because if you don't add it to a different ad group and you put it, put that Toyota keyword in the same ad group and bid differently on it, you can't stop car mechanic for Toyota coming from car mechanic keyword with a lower bid. It still might come in there because it's freaking 2022 cards. And I know it still might come in there, even though you're going to bid more on Toyota, it could still come in there from the lower bid. We don't like, cause it could have a higher ad rank. A lot of things are going on with Google ads. I, okay. I agree. I just, I'm with you, Jason. We're not disagreeing. Until Good. you said the negative keyword. I don't like the negative keyword. So you would put car mechanic for Toyota or Toyota car mechanic keywords in their own ad group sure. next to the car mechanic general ad group and hope that they come into the Toyota ad group? By by having higher bids, higher ad rank. Higher bids, better ad copy. Assuming I have, I'm not on automated. You know, if I'm yeah, on automated, okay. yeah. then forget it all. I just dump it into the same ad group, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but okay. yeah. But see, see, see why this isn't. See why this makes like tough when you focus on the keyword that the search term comes in from uh -huh. too too closely. Because you're, you're, then you're, you're spending to... time doing all these dumb discussions yep. we're having, and you're not focusing on you know why don't I try a broad match campaign and see if I can light this thing on fire and really get better results. Yeah. You know, or let me try this automated. Search. You're not playing with the system the way the yeah. system is these days. I agree. Not said. I mean, that said, there's always there's a time to do this stuff, but it's against the flow. You know, so yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go to Greensboro, North Carolina. We have Renee. Hello, I just came across your podcast and already love it. Bam, one listen, Jason, and she's in love. Mm. love You've been it. super helpful already, and I can't wait to watch more of your videos. I've watched some of your videos where you mentioned oh, you setting up- You hear that, Chris? You hear that? Videos. Hey, Chris, I think we should get back on YouTube. Jason, I don't <laughs> like change. I don't want to do that two years in a row. Finally, somehow I used my persuasive skills to convince him <laughs> that it was the right thing to do. So let me just take a little lap dance. Okay. Oh. Whoa, where's my mind? <laughs> let me take a little victory dance um, and uh, celebrate here on my success bringing don't the show. Cut, don't shut you up. make any shut notes up. to cut that Shut up. up. <laughs> don't reference what I said. Shut up. <laughs> shut, shut up right now. I need a clip shut of up. that. <laughs> and, uh, shut up. And uh, take a victory dance here. Hold on. Let me take... No, we'll leave it in here. Chris. Okay. I'm just kidding with okay. you. Because uh, it was freaking funny. Because yeah. that was... Uh, that just came out. <laughs> Freudian. <laughs> hey, you know, it's... Come on, man. Give me a break. It's Thursday. It's been yeah. a stressful week. I'm almost yeah. on Friday. Yeah. You've been doing a lot of selling. Yeah. A lot of... Lot, doing a lot of work here. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I'm glad we're back on YouTube, Chris. Okay. There we go. You yeah, got, you got your victory lap. There yeah. we go. Okay. So... I watched some of your videos and you mentioned setting up secondary soft uh, conversions to feed Google more data. And I would like yeah. to give this a try. Nice. So here's our question. What value do I set for a lead form submission and phone calls when the product is of high value? And then another addition to the question, does it actually matter what value I set for maximized conversions? Does it make any difference if I, if I set a value? For that, so to re restate, she wants 
her convergence to matter more. And she's talking about adding values to a, to a conversion, different types of conversions. And then she's saying, well, if I do that, should I be using maximized conversions? Can I take a shot at this, Chris? And you Go for can it. correct me if I'm wrong. So I think what she's asking about is she wants to have her hard conversions, which we call, which are called primary conversions. Let's say it's a lead, a service company trying to get leads, phone calls and lead forms. So those are the primary conversions. But she's wanting to also add soft conversions, newsletter signups, time on site, stuff like that as secondary conversions. And to make things even better, she's wanting to add values on her conversions. Right? Uh, Look, Chris, I've watched some of your videos and you mentioned setting up secondary soft conversions to feed Google more data. I'd like to give this a try. What value do I set for lead form submissions and phone calls when the product value is high? Does it actually matter the value I set to maximize conversions? So let me continue here, Chris. Okay. The first point I want to make is if you add values to primary and secondary conversions, my take here, Chris, is that when you look up a column that includes the word all for all conversions, like all conversion value or all conversion value divided by cost, it will factor in the values that you put on both primary and secondary conversions. But when you do an automated bidding strategy, like return on ad spend, target return on ad spend, which is going to look at the values of your conversions, that strategy will not look at the value of your secondary conversions because it does not even look at secondary conversions in general. It only looks at primary conversions. So before we answer the question of what values to set for lead forms and phone calls, I just wanted to point out that, yes, go ahead and set values for your newsletters and time on site and all that. And they'll show up in columns that include all conversion value, but but they won't be factored into automated bidding because automated bidding only looks at primary. So it won't look at your secondary conversions in general. Therefore, it won't look at secondary conversion value. I just want to make that point. Does that make sense? And do, yeah, do you agree with that? That's my understanding of things. You're right. And and the one thing I, I don't know if Renee actually meant secondary in this in the in the strict Google ad sense of a true secondary conversion. Does she mean secondary? I think secondary she did because I the, think she's a smart I think she's smart because number one, she's smart enough to live in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is one of the best places to live in the country. We've talked about that here before. I have a soft spot in my heart for Greensboro, Chris. Okay. The wow. second thing is we we did an episode last week that I think she's referencing or recently where we talked about primary and secondary conversions. They used to be including conversions, yes or no. Now they're called primary and secondary conversions. So okay. if she's not Maybe, familiar okay. with that, there's a setting when you set up conversions that says, do you want this to be primary conversion or second? Do you want it to be a primary conversion or a secondary conversion? And um, yeah, that's that. So- if you agree with that, do you do you want to talk about what values to set? Yeah, yeah. So let, let let's let's talk about setting values because I think that uh, as always, I have a very strong opinion uh, about setting values in Google Ads, and I hear a lot of people say, "Well, I'm going to do a five dollar value or a five. You know, you don't set it. Maybe it's not monetary at all. It's just a you put a five. On, and we are um, talking service companies right now for lead service companies because if it's e-commerce, it just you can get your revenue in there from analytics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we're okay. we're talking strictly about lead generation. So okay. you say, well, a phone call is worth ten, and a web form is worth uh, twenty-five. I think, Jason, that is the wrong way to go. Okay, let me explain why. And well, actually, let me explain what I would do and explain why. What I would do instead is. If a phone call is worth less than a web form, because the web form is a quote form and has all kinds of additional information and you usually close those more often, I would put a web form at like 500 or 1,000 or something like that. And then if a phone call may not usually be worth as much because you have to put push them back to the website, you then have to call them back to get, you know, there, there, there's other points of contact so it doesn't close as often because there's barriers. I would put that at... or 75% less than the web form. I want big number differences between the two. Wow, wow. You've never shared this with me. Yeah, probably, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. No Um, one has ever done this ever. Ah, well, okay. Besides you, this is a very unique way of thinking. And I hated it at first, but I'm getting, I get what you're saying. And the reason is because when you look in Google Ads, as a human, we see that conversion value difference of, you know, it might say 0.8 on the 
on one campaign or one keyword and the other one says 0.5 and you think, uh, oh, not that different. But if you were to put a thousand dollars in or a thousand value in a $200 value, you'll see a difference of 1.6 and 3.9. So if the 1.6, so let's just say you'll see a one and you'll see a seven. And what you're saying, if phone, I forget what you said was more valuable, phone calls or leads, which one's more valuable? Lead, lead form. I'm saying lead okay. form is more valuable. So if you see a keyword getting a seven for the conversion value over cost, which is the ROAS, return on ad spend, you see a seven there versus a one, that's telling you that either that keyword, so one keyword gets a seven, the other one gets a one in terms of conversion value over cost. That's telling you that that keyword that gets a seven either gets a heck of a ton low value phone calls, which is great because it's a ton of them and you have a seven there, or yep. it gets a lot of lead forms compared to phone calls and you get a lot of value that way versus the one that has a one return means that it's probably a lot of lower value phone calls. So let me let me put to you this, this way, Chris. I think the traditional way people look at this is when I actually get a client, not a lead or a phone call, but when I actually get a client, what is my revenue? What is my lifetime value? And then how many calls and how many forms does it take to get an actual client? And then so say if your value is $100 per client, just hypothetical number, and it takes you five leads, five phone calls to get a client, then you divide that 100 divided by five and the value of each lead is $20. That's the traditional way to do it. When you do that, you can get your real return on ad spend and conversion value over cost column. But Chris, what I run into a lot is people uh, like small business owners out there go, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how many leads it know. takes me to get um, yeah. an actual signup client. And guess what? I don't really know the, the lifetime value. I just know I need some leads. And so I like for those people what you're talking about, putting a big difference in terms of the value of your better conversions. If they're equal value, put the equal number in there. But if one's really a lot better than other ones, you can put a huge number in there compared to the other one. If it's if three times as many people close when it comes in from a lead form versus a phone call, put a three versus a one. I like that because a lot of people don't know their true numbers. And then multiply it by a thousand. Multiply by a thousand. Okay. So, so I don't want three numbers. in there. You don't I want, want 0.3 and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I want, want I want 3,000 in there and then a thousand on the lower but one. The one thing you have to be careful with if you're going to go down that, not the true number, but just the relative value is you have, you, you have to be very careful with the target return on ad spend automated yeah. bidding. Yeah. You have yeah, to be, yeah. you basically can't do that or you have to factor for the difference because the machine doesn't know you're using relative values. Mm -hmm. The machine's just going to see those numbers you put in there and, bid accordingly so yeah if it's you do think the relative printing thing, money uh, yeah essentially be, yeah be very very careful with uh and probably don't use the return on ad spend automated bidding chris that's a you're a unique guy that's a very unique way to think about that who taught you that uh self-taught yeah i mean i where did I, how long have you been doing this um i i don't know i mean it's i just hate what I don't know, I know but I, if you're going to put out something very, very weird like that, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying that's a weird way of unique, thinking about yeah. this. No, and weird. And weird. <laughs> yeah. Unique. I prefer unique. It's less... Uh, we have, Well, okay. We have one more. We have Hold one on, more. But that's a, that's a oh. weird way. Of, I mean, that's a weird way of thinking about it. But the fact that you created that and then use it to optimize sometimes, mm -hmm. very interesting. So... Yeah. I just, I just hate seeing decimal points. And I know in my mind... I'm ignoring those decimal points. I don't realize that point two difference is like massive, you know? <laughs> what I like about that one is a lot of these small business accounts, you don't really do return on ad spend um, data because they don't have that data. They don't have so it. So you then what do you do? You look at your conversion column and you go, hey, let's focus on our conversion and focus on our cost per conversion, cost per yeah. lead. But what I like about putting a relative value, even if it's not the real value on different types of conversions, even though they're both hard conversions and primary that get actually mean leads, is then you can get even better data when you put that conversion value over cost. And you can use that conversion value over cost column and go, yeah, this one keyword, both keywords have a $30 cost per lead, but what is the what kind of leads am I getting? Oh, I want a bunch of lead forms. This one shows me I'm getting yeah. a bunch of lead forms without having yeah. this. You could segment out by conversion action, or you could do this very weird, unique strategy that the great Chris Schaefer does. There you go. I need a name for it. You're always infamous for giving me a name. What's it What's it called? The uh, overcompensation method? 
Hold on. Give me a second here. Give me a second. I'll go ahead and read the next question. No, no. Hold you, on. You, hold on. Uh, I, it's, oh. a, it's a new title of a spinoff podcast you should start, Chris. Okay. All Things Are Relative with Chris Schaefer. Uh, that's not a title of a not strategy. Not really. A, yeah, it's I don't not a like title it. of a strategy. Uh, no, don't Relative like it. conversion value. I'm going to read our... RCV. I'm going to read our last... RC, RCV, BCS, RVC, uh, okay, Relative now Conversion just, Value by Chris Schaefer. Oh, my gosh. RTV, <laughs> RTV, BT, G, this is, I'm CS, gonna read, Relative Conversion Value by the great Chris Schaefer. <laughs> All right, shut up, please. And let me get a new cut for our uh, next uh, clip here. Go ahead when you have the next question. All right, so... Next question is actually from Renee. She's going to close this out with one more question, a, a really good no, question. No, no, she's not. We're going, we're going deep. We're going full, Chris. We'll, we'll fire through them. We'll fire through them. No, I we're stopping this after the, this one. I. You can go. You can go. I'll answer them. You can go. You want to do that? If you want to go, if you've got somewhere to be, <laughs> honestly, know. honestly, I said to people in the title of this podcast that this was going to be the greatest Q&A ever. You sold Long me on doesn't mean clip. the greatest. Oh, the oh yes, it does. When we go deep, people love it. Look at the watch time, Chris. Oh, you wouldn't know how to do that, Chris. <laughs> let's just uh, get this stop thing out of my notes. What are you doing here, Chris? Come on, we're gonna we're gonna make. Come on, buddy. We're gonna okay, make some okay, clips okay, okay. here. We're, here we we're go. gonna we're gonna put here some work in here. Yeah. I you know I, I all right fine. One more question. So that's how you deal with me. Fine. She, like I'm a child. Fine. Freaking forget it. Just all right. We'll do it. Let's live. go. Let's go. Okay, right. We'll do it live. Um. And I'm all frustrated. Renee asks in a secondary question, she said, should I go with Google's suggested target CPA uh, within the maximized conversions strategy? Okay. Um, and then she has some some details that's ne not necessarily important to answering the question. But the point the point is this. I don't know if we've ever vocalized this before, but the way that I like to imagine this is the target CPA is not just some arbitrary number that doesn't really affect the campaign, it's essentially a throttle that is very close to what a manual bid uh, campaign might have. So in other words, if you if, if, if your typical cost per conversion is $100 uh, that you get, and you give Google a $300 target CPA, what you're doing is you're opening the gates wide and saying, go for it. I want volume. I want volume at the expense of a higher CPC, of a lower conversion rate, but I want volume. Spend all the budget as much as you can. You know, throw budget and throw a high CPC target together. Then if you were to do the opposite and move it down, you know, usually get $100 cost per uh, acquisition, you move it down to $50. What you're saying is be very cautious. Do not spend the budget unless you can get something below expectations. Uh, or or above, it. I don't know which phrase it would be, but essentially beyond my expectations, I want you to get even better cost per acquisition. And if you can't do it, don't even show the ads. Don't even try. So it's essentially a you know a high number above what you're going for is going to give full throttle to the campaign. A low number is going to pull back. It's going to be a governor on the engine essentially. Yeah. So. So, Chris, we're going to go a little deep on target CPA, but um, I agree with you. We're going to end the show now after this question because I looked at the other ones. They're no good. Jason, I love an honest man. And when I, you can't voice it, but I can hear you say I was wrong. Oh, I was totally wrong. I can course okay, correct. Thank you. Yeah, I there can do it. Hey, let, let me put it this way. You ready? Mm -hmm. I can do whatever you need me to do to make you oh. happy. Oh, well, that's okay. I don't know. That's that's when you're in a good mood. I'm always in a good mood. No, no, no. <laughs> Chris, so let, let's, let's, uh, my point is I'm giving here, I'm, and honestly, I, yeah, these questions that I, I don't want to answer after this. So we're going to have this be the last one, but I want to go a little bit deep on target CPA. And I really, I want to get some of your recent experiences with it. Um, so just to, to get to high, setting it high or low, I like what you said, looking at it as, as a throttle, but mm -hmm. We, we use the word throttle sometimes with manual bids, up and down and up and down, and you can control where you go very quickly. You got to be careful with doing that with target CPA because every That's time true. you do that, the system's got to reset and learn, oh, and you got to make sure you're you're giving it enough time, even when it's out of learning, yeah. so quote-unquote learning. You got to give it enough time to work and, and see if it can get results. Um, so you got to be careful with how much you change it. I So the question is, where do you set your CPA to start, high or low? I say... 
be reasonable. Think about what your goal is and think if that's a reasonable goal. Look at what the cost per click has been if you've been on max clicks for a month or so. And then maybe say, you know, what would 10 clicks be times that cost per click? One out of 10, a 10% conversion rate. Maybe let me start there. That seems reasonable for lead generation. That's how I'm thinking about where to set it. Let me ask you this, Chris. If you do do that and you set it with something that's reasonable and then you run and it gets that CPA, would you then, and and it spends your full budget. Let's say you have a $100 CPA that's reasonable for this whatever industry we're talking about, hypothetical number. Set it at $100. You get a $100 CPA or a 90 or a 95 or 105, whatever, somewhere around that range. And you're spending your full $1,000 a month budget. Would you then get greedy and push your chips to the middle of the table and say, you know what? I want to see if I can spend the full budget with a $70 CPA and set it to mm. 70. How do you, how do you make that decision? Um, I, for me, I don't shake the tree. If all of those factors are happening, if I'm hitting my goal acquisition, a profitable. Yeah. Let's just and say I'm, I'm hitting a profitable. Yeah. I'm hitting a profitable and you're spending all of the budget. I'm not going to shake the tree in that situation. Now, if you take away, you're not spending all the budget or your, 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 your search impression share is really bad and you're losing due to budget, then, okay, I might restrict it. You know, if I, if I am way underfunded and I can't spend all my money, I'm going to restrict it with a lower number. If I'm not spending all of my budget, um, and I, I have way more budget than I'm spending. And you can live I'm, with $125. Then CPA. I'll go up. Then I'll yeah. go up on it. But typically when I'm starting a campaign, I'm going to start it with a suggested CPA goal. Interesting. That's usually what I'm going to start with. I mean, it works for me. It, it, a lot of times that CPA goal, if it has a lot of signals over a long period of time, it knows pretty well what it can do. And sometimes, it, oftentimes it beats it. You know, it gives me a, it might give me a hundred dollars and then it beats it. It gets a $75, which is wonderful. So I'm not usually going to push yeah. it at the beginning. Interesting. Uh, it's, it's a, out of all the bidding strategies, target CPA to me is the toughest one to feel like I can master or the, mm-hmm. t- it's, it's the, I asked you a hard question, you know, what would you do in these situations? My answer is, I don't really know what I would do. It would be kind of client dependent, how they're feeling about things our confidence level that this could keep going or that if we touch it, it would mess it up. And we, and the confidence level of maybe we couldn't get it back. It's touch and go with target CPA. I've been in some spots where it doesn't work well at all. I've been in some spots where it's changed over time on us and it's hard to get back, but I've been in other spots where it works amazing and it beats other strategies, including manual. I'm just dealing with that right now. We had this really tough uh, real estate industry campaign, Chris, you would get a kick out of this broad match is working great, but because it's broad match, because it's real estate, our ratio of search terms that we can see versus what we can't see, <laughs> guess the number six, 60 to 80% is on average. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess like 50, 40% that you can see. Oh my gosh. 10. And the client wow. was having a good CPA in the past, but they want us to improve things. And they were using an automated business strategy that was not target CPA. We tried to improve things manually. Chris, we couldn't get it done because we didn't have the search term data. Yeah. And we tried target CPA. It worked. It Mm. beat his former campaigns. It beat ours. And it's we're putting in a $35 CPA. We're getting like a 27. Yeah. And so I'm like with you. I'm like, don't get greedy. Oh, my God. If it's actually working like this, let's just let it go. If it says limited by budget, great. We'll throw on some more budget. Other than that. Maybe try adding some more keywords if you can find them. But I'm very, very, very careful with target CPA. It's like driving a very expensive race car around. You got to be very, very careful. And if it's working, just kind of go with what's working. That's kind of my thoughts on target CPA, Chris. I agree. I agree. Well, Jason, uh, as promised, we will end the show here. Um, And I want to remind you guys that uh, I am available for rent uh, you can uh, find my rental price and my availability at chrisshafer.com. Speak to me and get all of your answers that you need about Google Ads. I also have an, uh, a Patreon that you can join for a very low price as well. Jason. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're out there and 
you're a small business owner, and I mean very small, I mean you're only interested in spending 500 bucks a month, 750 bucks a month, I want you to know it's okay. I don't bite. I know I throw out big numbers sometimes. I know I have to be aggressive to rein in a podcast host that doesn't bring it sometimes. <laughs> but that's not the real me. That's just the show me. And even though when you call me and you set up a Zoom call with me on my website and we get in touch and I learn about your business, even though you're going to see the same beautiful background and you're going to be like, oh, wow, that's that's what you look like every week. Actually, did, didn't you wear that shirt last week? <laughs> hey, I got multiple pairs. <laughs> Don't be scared. I'm not the same guy, even though it's the same background. I want you to pick up that phone, call 405 740 0867. I work with huge accounts, but I also have made it a specialty to work with small accounts, Chris. Um, and I can make it work, and we can get you great traffic, and we can help you keep your small business uh, up and running. So thank you for that. And for everybody else, Paid Search Podcast, we're here every Monday. He muted it. Okay. No, no, I didn't. Yeah, I think did. there was a technical issue <laughs> with the internet. Issue. No, there was a with technical issue. With your finger on the mute with the, button. <laughs> with the internet. Chris and I are going to go eat some barbecue. Yep, and let's go. And we'll see everybody next week. Thanks.